From Irmo to Istanbul, from Taipei to Tunisia, we tell the stories of the people who make the world of international disputes turn. We give glimpses into their lives and give insights from their experience. These accounts come from every sector and every industry from around the globe. Simply put, and without further ado, I am Chris Campbell, and you're listening to Tales of the Tribunal, where practice meets personality. Hello and welcome back to Tales of the Tribunal with Chris Campbell. I'm your host, Chris Campbell, here to tell you another tale, another story from around the wide, wide world of international law, business, and dispute resolution. Listeners, look, I'm in a place that I've never been before. I mean, just not like metaphorically, literally. I'm in Seoul, Korea, where I am in town and on the ground for the ABA International Law Section's Fall Conference on Technology in Asia and now it pertains to international law. I've been here for the past couple of days, had a great time catching up with folks um, around the field, and um, it's been a really good time. But we're not going to talk about that today. We'll get back to that maybe next week or in some more of our content here over the next few days. Today, we're actually heading a little bit away, and by a little bit, I mean to the continent of Australia, where we're talking about Australia Arbitration Week. Now, if I did, if I could do a good Australian accent, there would be an Australian accent there, but alas, I cannot. This week's episode, we have two conversations with uh, two active practitioners in the Australian arbitration community, Ms. Georgia Quick and James Morrison. They share their experiences from practicing international arbitration, and especially in the Australian market, some of the things that they covered earlier this week at the Australian Arbitration Week, and exciting new adventures and projects that they are doing there. So if you're not familiar with the Australian arbitration community, this is a great time to get involved, not only with Australian Arbitration Week for next year, but also to find out more about developments in the field, opportunities as counsel, as arbitrator, and really just to be involved with uh, the next generation and developments of arbitration in the Australian region. So um, we'll have two conversations back to back, probably a little bit of a transition somewhere in the middle, and then I'll be back to clean up on the other half of the show. So thank you so much, and we'll see you on the other side. Hello and welcome back to Tales of the Tribunal with Chris Campbell. I'm your host, Chris Campbell, here to tell you another tale, another story from around the wide, wide world of international law, business, and dispute resolution. Listeners, we are still in the great continent of Australia as we head to Australian Arbitration Week, part two of the conversation series that we're having. Um, And this time we've got another guest who is intimately involved with the event with the arbitration community and is going to give us some perspective um, from his activities there. I'm talking, of course, of Mr. Jim Morrison. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Chris, for having me. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Well, great. And look, we're going to dive into some of the topics about um, Akika and uh, the Australian Arbitration Week. But before we do that, uh, let's start with a question I'd like to ask everyone that comes to the show. Who are you? Where are you from? What do the people need to know? Well, thanks. Um, we've already established that my name is Jim Morrison. Uh, I'm not the one who's now living in Pellachès in Paris. I'm the one who's in Australia. Uh, I'm a partner at Peter and Kim. Uh, it, we're an international law firm that's focused exclusively on arbitration and cross-border disputes. We have offices in Switzerland, South Korea, Singapore, and Australia. Uh, I'm based in Sydney um, most most of the time, 
but I, I practice all over the world. Uh, I act, I've acted in cases touching every continent as arbitrator or counsel, except probably, thankfully, uh, Antarctica. <laughs> sure. That'd be a cold one. But I, <laughs> um, and I got involved in the Australian arbitration market as a result of my efforts while I was a starry-eyed law student to use a legal career as a way to see the world. And I did that by taking every class possible that had the word international in its title. And that took me to what I think was the first time international arbitration was offered at the University of Sydney. And from there, I was hooked. I started my career at a firm with the fatal international arbitration practice, Kudair Brothers. And after that, I followed the international arbitration highway for many years through Stockholm, Paris and Seoul before returning home. And I've been lucky enough to continue working on interesting and challenging cases while I've been here. Wow. Okay. And so, and so you kind of answered my, what have been my follow-up question is that you kind of got into international arbitration specifically because you kind of wanted to see the world and have this more internationalized dynamic career. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay. So then, um, so that tells us how you got into the field and um, your, your contacts with Australia. Um, tell us a little bit more about um, sort of how you got involved with Australian Arbitration Week in specific. How did that come to be? Well, I've been uh, following Australian Arbitration Week and its uh, predecessors in all its forms since I began my career as a lawyer some 20 years ago. Uh, and since that time, particularly since I've come back to Australia, uh, I've been a firm supporter of Akika and I've even spent time actually in the Secretariat of Akika. And it's in that role, I guess, that I first spent some time at the coalface uh, helping to organise the week. And I, I just love the experience. I mean, I think Australian Arbitration Week is really a unique offering on the now very, very, very full calendar of arbitration weeks around the world. So that's how I got involved. Well, sure. And I mean, I think that's the old joke is that if you wanted to spend uh, every week at an arbitration conference, I think we're getting to the point where you almost could. Easily. And sometimes you could do two at one time. You could be physically present at one and attend virtually at another. So it's now possible to be in two dimensions. Well, that's right. But the, the virtual one, you don't get the cocktails for. Definitely not. Well, it depends. You know, Bob, you could be having one in the back row of the, the physical one you're attending. Uh, people probably wouldn't be noticing too much. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, so, um, so take us there. Uh, you know, I, I know that Australian Arbitration Week is um, a few weeks from now when we're having this conversation. But what are uh, some of the events that you're excited for, some of the things that you're looking for for, uh, for that week? Well, I think uh, based on our conversation so far, Chris, you can just assume the cocktails. But I don't think that's <laughs> probably um, the answer the, the, the listeners are looking for. I mean, the, the, the obvious great event is the main conference. One of, one of the things I really like about uh, the, the International Arbitration Conference organised by Kika and CR is that Australian audiences tend to be quite relaxed and also quite forthcoming in asking quite direct and challenging questions. And I find that actually quite a refreshing uh, experience in terms of my um, conference uh, circuit that I, that, that I follow. So that's something I really like about the week. Yeah, that that's really interesting. I mean, and I think important too, uh, because sometimes you can go to panels, um, even debates, and you're expecting to hit some hard hitting questions and answers, 
and it is sort of um, what we call uh, sometimes coaches speak. Well, we're going to do some offense, going to do some defense, and then uh, we're going to try to win the game. <laughs> no, I think, I think what makes it different is, you know, for, for people, uh, at least in conferences overseas, once they're in a, in, a, in a big room filled with a lot of people, you know, you get audience fright, and people kind of tend to clam up. Aussies don't have that issue. <laughs> sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, look, and I guess maybe the natural sort of uh, segue from there is, um, you know, if maybe if you are someone from overseas that doesn't necessarily do a bunch of work um, in Australia, or maybe even just more generally, uh, what are some of the incentives? Why, why take part in Australian Arbitration Week? At least from my perspective, there's three there's three main reasons I, I do, um, and they're all based on keeping connected. The, the first connection is it keeps me connected to knowledge about what's happening in international, international arbitration now, but also with some uh, crystal ball gazing into the future, but with a you know specific uh, take on the Australian experience. And because much of my practice as arbitrator and counsel is actually offshore, Australian Arbitration Week for me is one of the main ways I can keep up to speed with what's happening here on shore. I want to know what the courts are doing, what are the institutions and lawyers doing, and what are our legislatures doing, and, and these are all uh, covered in the various events throughout the week. And because the, the people that go to this event are truly international and the speakers and the participants are first class, you're always going to be assured of being connected in terms of knowledge. Um, the, the second reason uh, I do it is because it's a networking bonanza. It, it keeps me connected to people and, and the number and diversity of participants, it's, it's growing every year. And thanks to Akika's unique wing person initiative, not only will I mingle with leading arbitrators, council, third party funders, you name it, we'll also get the opportunity to ensure that our next generation of international arbitration superstars gets connected with the community. And then lastly, uh, Australian Arbitration Week keeps me connected with my job because let's face it, let's be honest, sometimes we just need a little bit of fun. And I think the, the week offers a chance to relax. And in a stunning city like Perth, uh, you know, we're, we're really lucky to have this uh, available to us in Australia this year. No, I think that... Um... All three of those make a, a lot of sense. We heard uh, Georgia tell us a little bit about the wing program um, a little bit, and we won't go to a full explanation. But as far as I understand, it's sort of a, you know, a quasi mentoring program, you know, not quite mentoring in the formalized sense, but at least uh, sort of having, you know, uh, someone that sort of helps you out with some of these events and make sure that you're <clears throat> engaging with the community. Is that right? You're spot on. And I put my hand up to participate in this program as a wing, wing person. Uh, specifically for the reason that I have been as a young lawyer to these events and felt lost in a room of what felt to me like adults, even though I was an adult myself at the time. Uh, so I just think if I was, you know, looking back at my time, if I had someone who could just, you know, be a friendly face in the room and have a conversation before the conference about, you know, what are the good events, what are the good things to do, what are some of the less fun things to do, uh, you know, I would have been really uh, assisted and boosted uh, by those kind of interactions. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely uh, even you know, folks that are further along in their career, um, 
difficult to just go into a room full of strangers and just start talking and, um, <clears throat> you know, how to have those conversations, how to uh, move through the room. So, I mean, that that's great. This is a great initiative. Um, the next question I guess I would have then, um, again, thinking more broadly about um, Australian Arbitration Week, is does, uh, does the week partner with any organizations or any other groups? Well, at least in my experience, one of the great things about the Australian approach to arbitration is that we tend to be very open and collaborative. And perhaps the this is actually the silver lining to the false perception of the tyranny of distance. Mm. Uh, you know, Aussies feel the need to reach out and connect with each other, with, with other people. And I just think you need to look at the program this year to see how the different institutions, how the law firms, how they've all pitched in and cooperated uh, to put on what is a jam-packed show. And I think Akika in particular has been especially outward looking when it comes to partnering with other organisations and their arbitration conferences, promoting them to its members, even participating in them. And I think Akika really leads by example in showing what a small but important arbitral institution can achieve by adopting a collaborative partnership approach rather than competing with other institutions. Well, absolutely. And and I'll say, uh, you know, as um, a podcast or a show that's based um, quasi in the United States, quasi in Europe, um, that's a fantastic that we were able to, to work together as a media uh, sort of partner here and cover this. So we're excited. And um, I think that underscores everything you've just said about um, sort of a more collaborative spirit. So that's great. Um, what is something that you think, um, and I think this is a really interesting one uh, as someone that hasn't particularly spent a lot of time working in Australia specifically, but what is something that you think people get wrong about disputes, um, about the practice of disputes in, in Australia, if there's anything that comes to mind? Well, I think there's, there's a few things I could say here, Chris, but just to keep the, the story short, I'll focus on perhaps my biggest bugbear, and that is people get wrong that disputes practice in Australia is isolated, not mm. just geographically, but also culturally and procedurally uh, compared to how things are done overseas. And the perception that there are few cases or very little opportunities to practice interna international arbitration here, that, that's just wrong. Australia is more connected than ever to the international arbitration highway. And you can just look at the numbers. Increasing new cases at Akika, Australian parties are now in the top 10 users at SEAC and the HKAC. And look at the court judgments. We now see numerous, sometimes globally important and arbitration friendly decisions. Every other day, if you look at the international arbitration news sources, they're reporting major investor state disputes involving Australian parties, arbitrators and counsel. And I think another really interesting thing about isolation is that the historical arbitration brain drain from Australia, that, that's been reversing. Mm. More and more talented Aussie and even foreign arbitration lawyers are making Australia the base for their practice. We now have the technology, we have the procedural toolkit to beam into hearings and meetings from anywhere. And as, as you know, based on the sheer number of Aussie actors in Hollywood, we know Australians can perform on screen. So just to sum up, I think it's time for us as lawyers here to do more to eliminate the tyranny of distance mantra, which I think is often used against disputes 
practice in Australia. It's just a false perception. Sure. No, I, I think that's important. And um, I think that a lot of us can fall into those sort of traps or stereotypes and thinking about a lot of different jurisdictions. So it's good to know that Australia, um, you know, even if it is geographically placed somewhere is no is not remote or isolated or siloed from uh, the rest of the field. That's really interesting and exciting to know. Um, look, uh, just one more question for you, uh, Jim. Um, when we talk about, you know, for those of us that say coming out of this conversation or perhaps they signed up to follow uh, the Australian Arbitration Week virtually, perhaps more broadly, more globally, how can people keep up what's, what, with what's going on in the Australian arbitration community or disputes community um, to see, follow some of those things you've mentioned in terms of leading cases and developments? Well, the easiest way, and it's also a very cheap way, is to become a member of a Kika and mm. sign up to a Kika 45 if you are a, a, a younger person. You can go to their events, read the Akika review, use Akika's resources found on its website, and follow its initiatives. Some of these are really important and useful things in understanding what's going on in the market and you know, to guide you as a career if you're, again, a younger practitioner. The Akika Arbitration Report 2020 and 2022 Reflections Report, they're just examples. And the range and quality of events that are offered down here, especially by Akika, it, it's really impressive. It's really impressive. Uh, and this also applies to Akika's geographical reach. Bringing Australian Arbitration Week to Perth for the first time, you know, that's just one example. But Akika events can also be found now from, from the Pacific to as far as Europe. And it makes Akika a truly international institution that can really uh, deliver on its promise to help arbitration practitioners keep up to date with what's going on down under. Well, yeah, <clears throat> no, that's great. Um, well, that's a lot. And, and what we'll make sure to do in the show notes um, is to include some links to uh, not only Australian Arbitration Week, but also Akika, um, Akika 45, some of the things that you've mentioned here. And uh, so folks can stay connected with Australia and start getting more involved um, with the field if that's something they're interested in. Thanks, Chris. I think it's a great idea um, because, again, we, we may seem far away, but Australia really has a lot to offer. Uh, you know, our arbitration lawyers are sought out the world after to be employed in law firms, to be appointed as arbitrators. And our, our companies and businesses here, they really have a lot to offer the world in terms of, you know, uh, developing markets, things like critical minerals and rare earth, uh, tech, AI. Uh, there's, there's a lot to be found down here if you're willing to take the time and look for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, um, Jim, the time has gone by uh, far too quickly. Um, before we get out of here, is there anything else that uh, listeners at home or folks that are following sort of the, the global arbitration community or maybe even want to get more involved with, uh, with uh, Australia that they should know or you want to say to the audience? So, um, Jim, uh, the time has gone by uh, extremely quickly. Uh, we're already at the end of our time together. We appreciate you coming by. Is there anything else uh, you want to say to the folks listening at home? Thanks, Chris. Well, Australia, it's closer than you think. Uh, there's a lot to uh, be enjoyed during Australian Arbitration Week, not just the, com the cocktails. So I'd encourage you to, to sign up and come on down under. Fantastic. Look, uh, Jim, appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming by. Uh, we'll have you 
back in the studio another time, huh? I'm looking forward to it. And thanks for giving us this opportunity to, to share a bit about what we're doing down here. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And don't forget, Australian Arbitration Week. Hello and welcome back to Tales of the Tribunal with Chris Campbell. I'm your host, Chris Campbell, here to tell you another tale, another story from around the wide, wide world of international law, business, and dispute resolution. Listeners, thank you for joining this special episode. We are doing a little bit of new content today as we head far across from where we normally sit in Europe all the way to Australia, and in particular, Australia Arbitration Week. And with us today, we got a very special guest to talk with us about it. I bring you, of course, Miss Georgia Quick. Georgia, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Nice to be on. Absolutely. And well, look, I gather and appreciate that some of the listeners out there may not have had the privilege or the honor of coming all the way out to Australia for arbitration week. And we'll get into that in just a moment. But before we do that, let's do what we uh, let's ask the question that we asked all of our guests. Who are you? Where are you from? What do the people need to know? Okay, um, my name is Georgia Quick and I'm a partner at Ashurst. It's a global law firm. We've got offices um, where you're from in Europe and, and around and also a number of offices here in Australia. Um, I'm the head of our Australian international arbitration practice, but also relevantly for Australian Arbitration Week, I'm the president of the Australian Centre for International Commercial Arbitration, which we call AKIKA. Um, I have been on the executive for Akiga for about eight years. I joined the board about three, 13 years ago, and um, I've been the president for a couple of years now. Uh, I'm dual qualified in Australia um, and in England and Wales, and I practiced international arbitration in London for seven years. Uh, my focus is on large infrastructure and energy and resources disputes, and I'm based in lovely Sydney, and most of my work president presently involves Australian projects. Fantastic. That's really interesting. Um, and so, well, look, uh, before we jump into specifically about uh, Australian Arbitration Week, um, how did you get into international arbitration? Is that something you knew you always wanted to do or um, how did that come to be? Sure. Uh, international arbitration wasn't really taught at university when uh, way back when I was at university. Um, so I first got into it when I moved to London. My mum's English and so I had a British passport. And I was very keen to get over to work in London. And um, I, I stumbled into international arbitration while I was um, in London. So I, I was privileged enough to travel around the world doing really interesting arbitration work on energy and resources projects. And uh, when I returned to Australia, um, obviously was keen to continue with that work. So I first um, joined uh, Doug Jones, who's a renowned international arbitrator um, for a couple of years. And then I moved across as a partner to Ashurst, um, where I've continued that work. Um, I suppose in terms of uh, Akika, I first um, got involved in the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators Board. Um, I, it was suggested to me as something that would be um, a really good additional activity. And after a couple of years, um, I then joined the Akika Board um, and moved up through the ranks um, to the executive and, and now to the role of president. Well, very interesting. Um, knowing that that's quite a journey and that is some similarities in that, you know, people don't necessarily set international arbitration as the destination, but find themselves there one way or another. Um, so then I guess the, you know, the, the, the don't want to bury the lead too far here. There's this event, Australian Arbitration Week. What's that about? I mean, what's going on there? Um, and how, how has Akika evolved and what should people know about it? 
Yeah, um, Arbitration Week, as it, as it sounds, is a, a week of, of arbitration events. Um, it probably started as a smaller event and has got bigger and bigger, so we are justifiably a full arbitration week. Um, it's the 11th year that we've had Arbitration Week. We started in 2013, and each year it's grown bigger and bigger. Um, we rotate the conference around uh, various cities of Australia, and this year it's going to be held in Perth, um, which is the west coast of Australia. Um, so from those coming from the east coast, it's uh, actually a, a decent flight across Australia, but closer to Asia. Um, so we actually have quite a lot of attendees um, from Asia. Um, we have over 200 attendees to the primary conference, which is uh, hosted by the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators and Akika. Um, and that's on the Monday. Um, and those attendees, uh, which is a record number, we've still got another month to go. Um, that's a record number of attendees um, at present. Uh, from across Australia, we have people from Europe, the US. Um, in Asia, we already have attendees from Singapore, Hong Kong, Malaysia, India, mainland China and Korea. And um, we also have attendees from New Zealand and Africa. So that's really great. Um, during the week, though, there are over 40 events that have been uh, organised through various institutions and various law firms. So the week is really full. Uh, we actually kick off on the Sunday with a reception um, cocktail party, which is the first time we've had a Sunday reception for the week, which shows kind of how popular it is. We have lots of um, very uh, distinguished guests who from, from the judiciary and the like in Perth who have been really keen to attend the um, welcome reception, which shows the level of interest there is and support for arbitration. Well, that's, that's great. A start. No, I, mean, I could tell you a lot more, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and that—that's exactly. I mean, that's the next question I was going to say. So that sounds like some already some really interesting events. Um, maybe what are some of the events that you were really excited about, or you think that um, for folks that are new to the the market would be really interested to hear about um, as they're attending the event? Yeah, so there's a calendar if anybody's interested. It's very easy to find. We have um, on our um, Arbitration Week uh, website a, a full calendar of events and it's very easy to register for those. So the, the primary conference, um, the plenary conference is on the Monday um, and there are roundtable discussions with general counsel. We always really like hearing from end users on arbitration issues. Um, we have a topic on hot topic, as you would imagine, on AI um, and also sustainability. So that's a, you know, a topic that the arbitration world, which involves a bit of travel and quite a lot of paper, is um, grappling with. Um, we have a really good session with two very distinguished international arbitrators, um, two KCs, who are talking about advocacy. So a sort of deep dive into um, advocacy skills. Um, there's going to be an arbitration quiz even, just for a, a bit Ooh. of uh, sort of a lighthearted aspect to it. Um, so that's that's the conference on the Monday. Um, we're very keen on diversity and really pleased that 50% of our speakers are female. Um, mm. And then we have, for the rest of the week, a, a full program, both through Akika. I think Akika has about um, five or six extra events um, being held during the week, as well as all of the other law firm and um, events. So the so a couple of the Akika events. One is um, an arbitrator roundtable. So we have um, four distinguished arbitrators lead a discussion to other arbitrators about key issues in arbitration practice. So that's that's really intended to develop skills at the um, senior end. Um, it's by invitation only. Um, 
for for users and for council we have a practice and procedures toolkit event so that is a, an event where we explain a number of the toolkits that uh, akika has developed uh, and we also have we, we recently published a survey on evidence in international arbitration and we're going to have a panel discussion um, discussing some of the uh, outcomes from that survey and some of the sort of views that that's provoked so that's a few of them uh, I'm participating in the Lighthouse Club, which is a charitable organisation in the construction sector. Um, I'm participating in a, an event on concurrent evidence um, for lay evidence. Um, and then each of the law firms, they'll all have wonderful events. And um, my own firm is doing a seminar on IA and also on investor state arbitration. So um, it's, it's very packed. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, almost like a Comic-Con, but for arbitration. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been, but uh, that, that, maybe that would be more fun and, and slightly more crazy. I don't know. <laughs> hey, listen, arbitrators know how to, arbitration lawyers had no idea of fun. Um, well, look, uh, I'll ask uh, one more question here. Um, just sort of thinking about it more broadly. Um, you know, it sounds like a lot of good conversations. It sounds like Akika um, has been very intentional on in how it's designed this event. Um, do you think that it'll, or I guess what role do you think it could have um, in in expanding, I guess, what people know about uh, the Australian arbitration profile um, abroad or maybe on the global stage. Any thoughts about that? So um, just um, as we come to the close here uh, today, Georgia, uh, I guess I just one more question that comes to mind. Obviously, Akika's put a lot of thought into these events, um, into how it structures this whole experience. Um, I guess I'm curious to know what impact do you think this could have on Australia's sort of arbitration market profile on, uh, I guess, the more global stage? Yeah, well, we had very strong feedback uh, in the last years over the conference topics. Um, I think already the number of attendees that are coming from international areas shows that there is quite a lot of international interest and obviously those people that will attend hopefully will go back and talk about um, the breadth of topics covered um, and how well developed international arbitration is in Australia and the community. There should be um, greater connections obviously gained. I think the calibre also of the speakers um, reflects the growing awareness. So we have some very high quality international arbitration practitioners who are flying out to speak, um, which also has that benefit. They want to be involved in the event and um, there's an increasing awareness of, of, of what's going on in Australia. Uh, it, it allows us also to talk about some of the other initiatives that we have um, and it can be a bit of a springboard for um, organising some of those. So, so one of those is we have an initiative called Friends of Akika and um, we've organised a lot of offshoot events um, for, for conferences and other things being held elsewhere in the world. So we, we think there'll be um, more contacts and connections that'll lead to more of these sorts of events. So yes, that's that's you know one of the big reasons for why we do the conference. Obviously, um, international arbitration feeds off you know an international profile, uh, and it's something that we're really keen for people to understand how um, suitable Australia is for hosting um, international arbitrations, and that we have all the necessary support with our institutions, um, our rules, and our um, legal systems. Well, absolutely. And look, um, I think this is a the good wrap up question here is how can people get more involved with the arbitration community um, or just stay connected? Well, um, you can look at the arbitration a week uh, calendar and try and attend if you're here. A number of the events will be streamed, so there'll be um, 
the ability to attend virtually. Uh, reach out to Akika. Um, there are lots of committees, some of them that we, we really like having international members involved in. Um, you can become a friend of Akika if you have a connection to or an interest in Akika, and that can lead to hosting events, as I mentioned, overseas. Um, for, for senior practitioners, you can become a fellow of Akika, and that will um, put you on our list for appointment as arbitrator. Uh, if you're not quite as senior as, um, as that, you can become a member of Akika. So we have quite a lot of students um, and junior practitioners who want to be more connected and get all of the news that comes out of Akika. So that's another option. Um, and then, as I mentioned, there's there's very a, a number of committees um, and lots of initiatives to get involved in. So really. Just reach out um, to Akika. Deborah Tompkinson is our Secretary General and um, she's fabulous and she will um, register your interest and, and we'll look for ways to get you involved. Absolutely. Well, look, um, the time has gone uh, by very um, quickly and uh, we're already at the end. Uh, George, let me ask you this question before we let you go. Anything else you want to say to the folks at home? Well, I did forget to mention a couple of new initiatives that we're bringing out during Arbitration Week this week. Um, oh, please. Uh, coming up. Yeah, one of them um, is called uh, our WING initiative. So for younger members of the arbitration, or it's called the WING Person Initiative, for younger, it's like a mentoring, but it's not nearly as formal, but for younger members of the community that are keen to attend events but don't have as many um, connections and sort of feel some intimidation. You only need to nominate yourself and um, senior members of the pro profession have put themselves forward to be um, sort of chaperones for um, those people. So for example, I have put myself forward. That means uh, um, when my, um, I think it's a wingy or I'm not sure what the term is, but when they approach me, we'll, we'll agree a number of events during the week that we can attend together and I'll be able to introduce um, that more junior practitioner to some people at the at those events. So that's one. Um, and we also have a wellbeing program this year for the first time. So it's a talk, walk and run for wellbeing initiative um, um, to highlight issues with mental health um, and also the importance of um, wellbeing in the arbitration community. It's obviously a, an intense um, and, and um, sort of people work very hard and so we want to make sure that, that that's emphasised. So I think I've been um, nominated for the walk. I'm not quite up to leading a run, but I'm leading a walk um, early early one morning on the um, per, in Perth. So that, that they're two initiatives that are, um, you know, a bit novel that we're, we're rolling out this year. Fantastic. No, that sounds great too. And I think it's always really important when we find ways to connect with the human side of our practice too, because we're not just automatons or robots that just lawyer all day. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, um, Georgia, this is great. Thank you so much for stopping by the digital studio. Um, look forward to uh, sharing about Akika um, uh, with our audience and we'll make sure to uh, put some links to the things that you've described in the show notes so that people can find it, register, um, and even if they're not in Australia, so they can stay connected to the Australian arbitration community. Um, Georgia Quick, thank you so much for coming by. That's great. Thanks very much, Chris. Well, and there you have it, listeners. I hope you enjoyed those conversations. It was really fun. I, I will say 
Um, prior to these conversations, I didn't know about some of these things going on in the Australian arbitration market, and I'm excited to hopefully find myself in Australian arbitration with sometime soon um, in one of the upcoming iterations, and I'm excited to sort of engage with the field in a more direct way as we go forward. As you will note, we've had some uh, different programming coming out of this summer as we head into the back half of this season of Tales of the Tribunal. We have another couple of episodes and interviews to bring you before we wrap up. So at least a couple that we've already done and then several more that we're in the process of recording. And we look forward to bringing to you and wrapping up here around the holiday season. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. For those of you that are still keeping score, we are just a breath away from reaching that 30,000 mark that we talked about at the beginning of the season. So if you're enjoying the show, share it with a friend, a colleague, your law firm partners, people that you practice with. Um, it's really how, the best way for people to find the show is uh, either word of mouth or leaving a review on your podcasting platform of choice. It literally takes almost no time. You just leave a five-star review, leave a couple of sentences or a sentence about why you like the show, why other people should listen to the show, and um, that helps us out uh, a great deal. So, So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Big shout out to the production crew, MoBeta Solutions. Thank you for all that you do for making this another great show, especially such a tight production schedule. And, um, and until next time, you've been listening to Tales of the Tribunal. And we'll see y'all next time. None of the views shared today or in any episode of Disputes Digest is presented as legal advice nor advice of any kind. No compensation was provided to any organization or party for their inclusion on the show, nor do any of the statements made represent any particular organization, legal position, or viewpoint. All interviewees or organizations included appear on an arm's length basis, and their appearance should not be construed as any bias or preferred affiliation with the host or host's employer. All rights reserved.